As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. If you're still using conventional toothpaste, know that the biggest brands in oral care have often been the biggest culprits for containing harmful ingredients like fluoride, triclosan, and calcium chloride, to name a few. It's safe to say we unknowingly ingest a lot of poison every year just by brushing our teeth. Risks from simply ingesting a fluoride toothpaste include permanent tooth discoloration, which is dental fluorosis, stomach ailments, acute toxicity, skin rashes, also known as perioral dermatitis, and impairment in glucose metabolism. I'm just as shocked as you are. Therefore, I encourage you to do your research and make a switch to organic oral care for yourself and most definitely your kids. On today's show, I'll be chatting with Corey Estrada, the co-founder of the new natural oral care company, RiseWell, and co-CIO of Axon Capital, an asset management firm in New York. With a focus on consumer technology and healthcare-related investments throughout her career in both public and private markets, Corey is passionate about innovative companies and brands that are moving the needle in these specific industries. Prior to joining Axon Capital, Corey was an associate at Shumway Capital Partners and an analyst in the investment banking division at UBS Investment Bank. She received her BA from Columbia University, majoring in economics and philosophy. In her spare time, she can be found fishing with her husband and fellow co-founder, John, in the North Fork of Long Island, spending time with her two-year-old son, Leo, or cooking healthy recipes for her personal blog, CocoButter.com. Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. Tell us more about the story behind it. I know your brother Derek is a dentist, so I'm sure there was some influence there. But you know, let's dig a little deeper and find out why uh, you came up with this idea. Yeah. So I'll take you back to the beginning. So I, uh, my husband and I have been together for about 15 years, and so a long time. We were actually one of the first Facebook couples um, back in 2005. At Columbia, I'd friended him and you know been together ever since. And we started thinking about having children three or four years ago, I guess at this point. And I have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is essentially a it's a hormone disorder that can make it challenging to have children. It actually impacts anywhere from ten to twenty percent of women worldwide, so it is fairly common. Um, and it's it's not something that a lot of doctors knew about, frankly. 20 years ago. Um, so I was undiagnosed for a long 
period of time and uh, found out that I had that in about 2015. Uh, we started thinking about having kids and found out I was going to have to go down the IVF path, that that was really the only option um, if we wanted to have children. And as many women and men know, it's a not exactly the easiest process, but it's also an expensive one that typically isn't covered by insurance. And I think most people undergoing that path want to make sure that it's a success. If you can minimize the number of times you have to do IVF, then that's a good thing. Put it all together, that's even better. But unfortunately, that wasn't a possibility for me. So went down that path and my husband and I sat down with my doctor and we said to him, what can we do to make this a success? And he said, besides the obvious things like eating the right foods, the second most important thing is actually making sure that you're not using products that could be harmful to the process. And at the time, I've always been a healthy eater and I have the the blog as you mentioned. And so that's always really been in my DNA um, and been a big part of my life. And I always thought that I was using the best products and the two of us turned our apartment upside down and started looking at all of the ingredients in our products. And we realized that a lot of the everyday products that we were using had some not so great ingredients in them. And the challenge with oral care products is that you're actually, you're putting them in your body. And so your skin's actually a decent barrier for most things. It's not perfect. And it's why, you know, using the right sunscreens and things like that are important. But with oral care products, it's actually, it's the one thing that you're putting in your body besides food, your gums are highly absorbent. And so a lot of people, I think there's a big misconception that you, well, you're spitting out the toothpaste doesn't really matter. What people don't realize is your gums are actually highly absorbent. They're like sponges. And so, So anything that you put in your mouth is being absorbed by your body. So even though you are spitting out toothpaste and you're not actually swallowing it, your body is actually absorbing a lot of it. Um, It's it's why there are sublingual medications. You put them under your tongue. It's actually one of the fastest ways to get into your system. If something bad happens to you and you go to the hospital, if they can't get an IV into you, they'll actually put drugs under your tongue. If you actually dissect every ingredient that's in your toothpaste, you'll be horrified to to learn the type of ingredients that are in conventional toothpaste. And so that was the, I think uh, there are some consumers and and people who have gone through that process already, and then they switch to using a better option. And there are certainly are, are not a shortage of natural oral care products on the market. The challenge when you have a brother who is a dentist, like I do, uh, his name is Derek, he's one of the other co-founders of the company. He very quickly pointed out to John and I, when we said to him, we're switching to using natural toothpaste, he said to us, uh, save yourself the money and you might as well be brushing with water. Oh my goodness. Yes. Which I was a bit shocked to hear from him. And I said, what do you mean we should be brushing with water? And he said, well, the, the problem with natural toothpaste, they're great. They use higher quality ingredients and they avoid some of the harmful um, ingredients that, that you don't want to be ingesting two times a day. Um, but the issue with, with most natural toothpaste on the market is that they're taking out the fluoride and they're not actually replacing it with something that protects your enamel. So what does that mean? Uh, it, it essentially means that most natural toothpastes are a flavored paste. So they're not harmful, mm. but they're not actually doing anything because fluoride, the, the benefit of fluoride and why it's in uh, most conventional toothpaste and, and highly dentist recommended is that it does actually strengthen your enamel. And that's important from a cavity pre- prevention standpoint. So without that benefit, 
you're really just using an, a flavored paste and it's the toothbrush bristles that are doing most of the work. And so that's what really got my husband and I thinking and my brother, the dentist, can we create a product that works just as well as conventional toothpaste? And I won't name any names, but we all know the, the C's. And we wanted to create something that dentists could actually recommend and get behind, but that was truly safe enough to eat. Because as I mentioned before, your gums are like sponges and the products should be safe enough to eat because frankly, your gums are absorbing everything. And when we looked at the ingredients and realized that you know, we were consuming detergents and triclosan, which, you know, the FDA has banned in hand soap because it caused cancer in lab rats. And you look at all these ingredients that people are ingesting two times a day and you want to avoid those. And it should be safe enough to eat because whether you like it or not, your body will be absorbing the ingredients. And so that's sort of how this all got started. My husband and I, we don't have a a product background per se. My brother has been extremely helpful on the science front, you know, the dental background, and that was really important for us. And so very early on, we put together a scientific council that helped us to try to answer this question, which is, can we create a product that's just as effective as conventional toothpaste, something dentists can get behind, but that's also safe enough to eat. And both of those things were just as important to us. And so we put together a scientific council comprised of uh, five dentists, and we have one functional medicine doctor, Robin Burson, who's the, the CEO of Parsley Health. And together as a team, we all set out to solve this problem. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to just touch upon the ingredients, the toxic ingredients that are in most toothpaste, or at least the names that we've, you know, grown up with. And I received this list from a friend who's a dentist who I'm going to be interviewing on the show, goes by the moniker superhero dentist because he is a pediatric dentist. So he explains that there are many different harmful ingredients. And I want to just kind of list those for our audience. SLS, carrageenan, triclosan, propylene glycol, fluoride, artificial colors, sweeteners, and parabens. Those are ingredients that are ubiquitous in the toothpaste that we've you know, grown up with. Can you tell us what the short and long-term side effects are of those ingredients? So things like SLS is an easy, easy one. Um, so this stands for sodium lauryl sulfate. There are also sodium lauryl alternatives that also have the acronym SLS. And it's funny because sometimes companies will say they're SLS free when they don't exactly use the sulfate part of it, but they're using, you know, circonosate or some other S where the acronym is still the same. Uh, and it actually does the same thing. So be wary of not just the sodium lauryl sulfate, but other SLS alternatives, um, which there are many and particularly in natural products. But think of SLS as anytime you have a product that foams, um, and this happens with shampoos, with detergents, with hand soap, with toothpaste, if it foams, it has an SLS or SLS alternative in it. Why does toothpaste have SLS in it? It is a, purely a marketing gimmick. So SLS was introduced in toothpaste in the 70s as a really a marketing gimmick to give consumers the illusion that it was cleaning their teeth better. And so that's on, the only reason that toothpaste contains this foaming ingredient. And it's actually um, one of the bigger challenges for us as a business is a lot of times consumers will use our toothpaste. They say, I love the flavor of it. I love the 
the mission and the quality of the ingredients, but it doesn't foam like the old toothpaste that I was using. So it must not be working. So you actually have to educate people and explain to them, that's a good thing. If your toothpaste foams, that's a bad thing because it means that it contains SLS. And why is SLS bad? Because it's a detergent. And so the same thing that causes your shampoo and for your your laundry to foam, you don't want to be using a harsh detergent in your mouth. And again, your gums are highly absorbent, but they're also highly sensitive. It's not an area of your body where you should be using harsh detergents. And so the obvious side effects from SLS, which are kind of horrifying when, when I found out about this, are canker sores, dry mouth, and even uh, things like dermatitis outside of the mouth. Like some people will get like small acne, like dermatitis outside of the mouth and think that it's something related to their skin when in fact, it's actually the SLS in their toothpaste. Imagine what it's doing on an internal basis. And so you can just imagine that using harsh detergent is not a good thing. So if your toothpaste foams, it contains SLS. We obviously avoid that because it's completely unnecessary. The carrageenan, again, there are other alternatives that you can use that are less harsh, but this has been shown to cause inflammation among other things. Triclosan is a big one um, that we really steer clear of. And luckily, we have seen a, a most toothpaste actually start p- avoiding this in toothpaste, which is a good thing. Like I had mentioned earlier on, triclosan is really scary because this is something the FDA and the FDA has not come out against most chemicals, unfortunately. They're not like the EU, that which has you know a list of thousands of banned ingredients. Um, it's the opposite. I believe it's you know somewhere in the like 10 to 20 range is like the total number of chemicals that are banned compared to the two to 3000 in the EU. But triclosan is one where the FDA came out and said, we're banning it in hand soap because of the potential harmful side effects that we've seen in certain studies conducted with lab rats, going so far as to say that it's actually caused cancer in these lab rats. Well, they've banned it in hand soap, but crazy enough, they haven't banned it in toothpaste. And again, your skin's actually a good barrier your gums are not. So it seems very logical. It should be banned in toothpaste, but it's not. Triclosan is definitely one to avoid. The reason that it was included in toothpaste is that it was actually an antibacterial agent. And so the thinking was, well, it's killing bacteria. The problem is, is that when you kill bacteria, and this is the issue with a lot of conventional mouthwash, is that if it has alcohol in the mouthwash, it's killing all bacteria. All bacteria is not necessarily bad. There's bad bacteria and there's good bacteria. And so if you take a scorched earth approach and kill everything, you're killing all the good bacteria too. And this gets into the whole discussion on the gut microbiome. And you really don't want to kill all the good bacteria and your health starts in your mouth. And so if you're killing all the good bacteria, try uh, building up good bacteria in your gut. It will be very difficult. And so we avoid things that kill all bacteria. we like to target the bad bacteria specifically. And we actually do that with the xylitol. And xylitol is essentially a sugar. It tricks the bad bacteria into thinking it's real sugar and they go to eat it and it actually kills the bad bacteria. So it's very targeted in not killing the good bacteria, but targeting just the bad bacteria. Propylene glycol is actually the main ingredient in antifreeze. That's one of the images on our website is actually a big 
jug of antifreeze because propylene glycol is in everything. And look at any of your shampoos, conditioners, makeup. It probably has propylene glycol. There are other much safer options to use. Again, it's like SLS, like these things sometimes don't serve a purpose, but they are cheaper than other options that are safer. The conventional tube of toothpaste costs the manufacturer about 13 cents to make. And when you think about that, that's for the tube, the label, and all the ingredients on the inside. If you're trying to make toothpaste for 13 cents, unfortunately, you're not going to use the highest quality ingredients. Better quality ingredients cost more money. And so that's why companies use things like propylene glycol. Completely unnecessary, main ingredient antifreeze, something that you should not be ingesting through your gums two times a day. Fluoride, we are not anti-fluoride as a company. I think that the science is clear in that fluoride does have its benefits. But where we came out on fluoride is that at high levels, it is a neurotoxin. It's particularly dangerous for children or for pregnant women or women that are seeking to become pregnant um, at high doses. There's certainly a lot of it in our water that we're ingesting. And so if you're drinking a lot of water and also using a lot of toothpaste, um, you're potentially getting too much fluoride. Where The one thing I didn't mention in our About Us story is that we set out to solve this problem of how can we create toothpaste that works just as well as conventional toothpaste, but is safe enough to eat. And the way that we were able to solve that problem is through finding this ingredient called hydroxyapatite, which sounds completely unnatural, but it's actually the opposite. So my husband and I actually found this ingredient when we were in Japan. Uh, I happened to travel a lot for my job and we were over there. And it's actually a majority of the market in Japan uses hydroxyapatite as opposed to fluoride. And when we started doing research on this, along with our scientific council that we put together, we combed through all of the research um, and hydroxyapatite, it's actually 97% of your teeth enamel. And so it's actually highly natural and it's highly bioavailable, which means that if you ate a giant mound of hydroxyapatite, nothing would happen. If you ate a, even a tiny mound of fluoride, you would actually die, which is why they say call poison control if you consume your toothpaste because it contains fluoride. And if you actually consume large amounts of fluoride, it is a poison. And so the nice thing about using hydroxyapatite as opposed to fluoride is that there are absolutely no safety issues. But the interesting science part of it in terms of why does it work just as well as fluoride is that it's how your teeth naturally remineralize. And so what that means is that your teeth are composed mostly of your your enamel, that is, of hydroxyapatite. And so we're essentially adding more of what your enamel is already made of. And this was an ingredient that was actually developed by NASA in the 70s. And so the astronauts were actually coming back from space and their enamel was weakening. And NASA said, how do how can we create something that actually strengthens their teeth even more so we don't have this issue? And so they actually figured out how to manufacture more of what your teeth is made of, which is the hydroxyapatite. So they invented it in the 70s and the Japanese realized this was happening and they said, we want to put this in our toothpaste. And so the Japanese have been using this in their toothpaste since the 70s, which is fantastic because we essentially have 50 years of data showing that in every single case, we haven't been able to find one scientific study. And I urge your viewers to help disprove me on this, but there is not one study that shows that hydroxyapatite doesn't at a minimum 
work just as well as fluoride. And in some cases, it shows that it actually outperforms fluoride. There is this safe option that is completely okay for kids, for anyone. You can swallow your toothpaste and there are no safety issues and it works just as well as fluoride. And so for us, that was really the light bulb moment because we realized there's no one really in the U.S. that were was using this in toothpaste. And there's also even of the natural uh, toothpaste community, there are some natural toothpastes, which frankly, not only have ineffective ingredients, but in some cases, harmful ingredients. Like there are some cases where some of the the natural toothpaste fads are not great at all for your teeth and can be harmful. Um, But anyway, so that's how the hydroxy appetite for us was really the way for us to solve that problem, which was creating toothpaste that was just as effective as conventional toothpaste, but really being able to get behind that slogan, it's safe enough to eat. It's true. We only put ingredients in there that are safe enough to eat because that's how it should be because your gums are absorbing everything. And then the others that you have on the list are, are fairly simple, the artificial colors and sweeteners and parabens. I mean, those are all, I think people get that now. Like, Unfortunately, if it says flavor, which 98% of toothpaste are using a quote unquote flavor, which it's not natural, they might call it a natural flavor, but unfortunately, they're not required to disclose what is in natural flavors. They can essentially put anything in there. We don't know what's in it. And if you try to call up any of the major toothpaste companies and ask them, what's in your natural flavor, they won't tell you. And so the, the issue is, is that we you know, even thought about when we started our kids' toothpaste, can we use a berry flavor or a watermelon flavor? There's no such thing as a natural watermelon flavor or a natural berry flavored. So if you're using toothpaste that's berry or watermelon flavored or bubble gum, there's no way that can be natural. And if you go to these major flavor houses and you say, give me the disclosure on everything that's in your flavor, they will not tell you. And I think that sort of says enough that if they won't tell you what's in it, we probably don't want to know. Um, and so we avoid any kind of flavors where we don't know what's actually in them. And the essential oils that we do use, we make sure that we're using essential oils where we know the source of every single ingredient in our product, because we're not going to get behind the safe enough to eat motto if it's not actually true. Wow. Thank you so much for all of that information. I am just curious now. So since you discovered HA or hydroxyapatite from Japan, why aren't toothpaste companies in the U.S. using it too? Why are they still using toxic ingredients in in their toothpaste formulations? We've actually started to see a few toothpaste companies, uh, new ones, introduce it. It's interesting because most toothpaste that people are using costs about 13 cents to manufacture. So fluoride is a fertilizer byproduct. And what that means is that there's a lot of controversy around this in the 50s and and when fluoride was really introduced in toothpaste and, and why that was. Fluoride does work in strengthening your enamel. So it's different than hydroxyapatite. Hydroxyapatite actually adds more of what your enamel is already made of. Uh, Fluoride actually takes what you have and fortifies it. It just makes it stronger. There is science behind it. It does actually uh, benefit your enamel. The challenge is, is that fluoride, since it's a fertilizer byproduct, chemical companies, they can't let it leach into the ground because it's a toxin. And so they have to do something with it. And so they put it in a vat 
and they give it to a toothpaste company for, for very inexpensive or probably even free because they have to get rid of it. And so the cost of fluoride for major toothpaste companies is almost non-existent. And so what does that mean is that in comparison to hydroxyapatite, which is actually ours is natural and it's mined from a mine in France, it's significantly more expensive than fluoride. I mean, hundreds of times more expensive than fluoride. And so if you're trying to make a 13 cents tube of toothpaste, the hydroxyapatite alone would be significantly more than that. And so really that's the challenge um, is that when you're comparing it between something that is given away as a, as a fertilizer byproduct versus something that is naturally mined in France, you're going to be paying a lot more for it. And so I think that's the big challenge. I think consumers are waking up to the fact that they're willing to pay more for higher quality ingredients. And so unfortunately, our toothpaste isn't, you know, more than your average toothpaste just for the sake of it. It's more because if you want to create a product that's safe enough to eat, you the ingredients will will cost more. So I think that that's really the issue. I've, I think the other thing that we've seen um, for the small number of companies that have started to introduce it recently, unfortunately, they, they're not really including high amounts of it. And so that does matter. I mean, you have to include certain percentages of it in the product to make it really effective, like the studies suggest. In the future, I think our belief is that more and more companies should and will be using this. I mean, we hope to, we certainly have been on the forefront of it here in the US. I mean, they've been using this in Japan for 50 years at this point and you know, 60 plus percent of toothpaste over there use it. So it's not something that we have any proprietary ownership of. Um, and you're also seeing it widely available in Europe as well. But in the US, we've just been unfortunately slower to, to get on this bandwagon. And, you know, that's where we're doing so much of the education and kind of getting the word out there on this ingredient, because I think a lot of even really smart people who are dentists and really deep in the scientific community, they know what hydroxyapatite is because it's what your enamel is made of. It's what your bones are made of, but they just aren't aware that it's available for use in products. And so that's sort of our job is to say, you guys already know about hydroxyapatite. I'm in this particular our dentist community, and now it's actually available in products. And here's all of the scientific studies that we have showing how effective it is. And you come to your own conclusions. And we haven't had anybody come to a different conclusion and say, no, this, this doesn't work as well as fluoride. And so we're going to keep using that. Um, and so most people understand that, but it certainly takes a lot of education. Yes, yes. That makes so much sense. Um, I wanted to pose a question that's from, you know, a pediatric dentist. So he asks, what's the biggest challenge Risewell faces in terms of marketing and educating the public and taking charge of their health when powerhouse brands um, that we mentioned have such a long-standing established influence when it comes to the market and specifically with dentists? And it's a great question. And I think that there's two reasons. The first one being that People don't understand why it is important to use better for you products, particularly when it comes to oral care, because I could actually make a case that it's really easy to get too crazy about every ingredient you use and whether it's household cleaners or lotions or shampoos or, you know, any everyday products and drive yourself insane. Um, and I, and I don't think that that's actually a doable thing for most people. And I, and I wouldn't recommend it. You know, I always say that the two most important things that you can do in terms of trying to live a better and healthier lifestyle are number one, 
food, food, food. I mean, it's what you put in your mouth and what you consume has so much to do with your health. And number two, if you are going to care about products, oral care products should be the most important because as I mentioned a number of times, I think that your skin is a decent barrier. It really, really is. It's not perfect, but for the most part, it's not letting a lot of the stuff get into your body. Your gums are the exact opposite. They truly are sponges and anything that goes in your mouth, you're absorbing. And so it really matters what sort of oral care products that you're using. Um, and even things like floss, which we haven't spoken uh, much about, but floss, uh, most conventional floss is actually coated with Teflon. And Teflon was actually taken out of pans for health and safety reasons. And just like the hand soap with the triclosan, it's still in floss. Really oral care products are one simple way that people can take control of their health. And it's a a small change that can really have lasting impacts on their health. And then the second big challenge I think that we face is that most people, besides not just being aware of why it matters, because I think a lot of people think, well, who cares? I'm spitting out the toothpaste. It doesn't matter. But the second thing is, is most people aren't aware that, you know, there are effective ingredients and there are ineffective ingredients. And in terms of the effective ingredients like hydroxyapatite, most people just have never heard of this. They're very familiar with fluoride. Their dentist has probably been telling them for years, it's fluoride or nothing. You have to use a fluoride toothpaste. And so, so much of what we spend our time doing is actually we're on the phone with dentists all day. We're uh, hygienists and we go to many dental conferences before all of this COVID stuff happened and really educating, 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 because it, it has to do with getting the word out there on hydroxyapatite. Dentists know what this is. Hygienists know what hydroxyapatite is. Most are not aware that it is now available in products. And so that's a lot of the education that we have to do. And, and these things take time. Unfortunately, you don't just start a company and launch the product and think that everybody will understand what hydroxyapatite is and become obsessed with it. And you hope that happens. But we realize that this is, it's, a, it's a slow education that will take time, um, but it's something that's really important. And clearly, we're very passionate about it. Yes, yes, absolutely. I want you to tell us a little bit more about your product line um, because you have both products for adults and kids. The adult toothpaste, which kids can certainly use as well. Um, it's a wild mint flavored. It's really yummy. And again, all of our products are safe enough to eat. And then we have a kid's toothpaste, which I actually use that as my everyday toothpaste. So adults can use that as well. And it's a cake batter flavored, which sounds a lot more unhealthy than it really is. It's actually just vanilla extract flavored. And we happen to use real vanilla extract, which is our single most expensive ingredient in our product, uh, which is why no other company he does that, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. uh, which also makes it taste really good. And it does taste like uh, cake batter and icing. We've heard that from a lot of people. So we've got the kids toothpaste, the adults toothpaste, and then we have the floss, which is actually coated with hydroxyapatite, which is a game changer. It's first in the world, um, which is really cool. So the hydroxyapatite actually gets wedged in between the cracks of your teeth, which is where most cavities start. So that's uh, a really important feature of our floss that's very unique. And we obviously avoid things like Teflon in our floss. So you won't find that there. And then the last product we have, which uh, we haven't really talked at all about, but it's one of my favorites is the mouthwash. And uh, we don't use alcohols in that, no artificial colors, sugars, flavors, and it has a high amount of xylitol, which kills the bad bacteria that we spoke about before. 
And it's really yummy. I mean, it's great to use a couple times a day or after lunch, if you've had an onion sandwich or whatever it is that you're eating. And so those are our product lines. And then we also do sort of for new customers, we will give them a bamboo toothbrush as well, just as a sort of nice gift, but we don't actually sell that on our website. Well, that's wonderful. I love it. There are competitors on the market for kids brands like Jack and Jill and Tom's. And when you look at their product line, they do have the berry flavor, the bubble gum, and all of that. And so, as you mentioned, those are not actually naturally derived flavors, right? A lot of natural toothpaste companies do, yeah, I don't want to say gimmicks, but sort of to try to make it seem more natural. Um, But in essence, it is essentially a quote unquote natural flavored, which as we discussed, is not actually natural. It's sort of mystery placeholder um, of sorts. And so you won't really know what's in it. So, you know, the other toothpaste that you mentioned, they certainly have cleaner ingredients than most conventional toothpaste on the market. But unfortunately, they if they are berry flavored or bubblegum or grape, they are not, there is no natural berry grape bubblegum flavored. So that will be, uh, you know, a sort of a mystery ingredient and, and then it won't have anything that's actually effective in it. And so these are really training pace to make parents feel like they're doing their job and kind of training their kids to brush their teeth. But the pace that they're putting on the toothbrush is not actually doing anything. It is just the bristles on the brush. Um, and that's where the HA comes in and is really important, particularly for kids. I mean, I, I think it's also a game changer for adults because adults can actually now not have to rinse thoroughly. They can actually leave it on their teeth. And the longer it has contact with your teeth, the better. Exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about whitening? Yeah. So hydroxyapatite is actually our natural whitening ingredient. It was really cool when my husband and I were starting to do the prototypes for the product because we started uh, testing it. And I said to my husband, I said, does the toothpaste actually make your teeth whiter? Because my teeth are definitely whiter. And he said, I'm so glad you said that because the hydroxyapatite has actually been shown to make your teeth naturally whiter. And the thing I would point out about whitening, and I'm sure a lot of people have experienced this, we all want Kim Kardashian white teeth, but we don't want the horrible sensitivity that comes from it. And I'm sure most people, if you've over whitened or left the strips on too long, and I've certainly fallen asleep many years ago and, and, and left the whitening strips on and woken up the next day and been in so much pain. Essentially, the way that most whitening works is that it's usually doing something that is weakening the enamel. And so when you weaken the enamel, your teeth become more sensitive. And that's why the charcoal toothpaste fad is sort of a disaster because it's that sandpaper approach and it is making your teeth whiter. You will find that charcoal toothpaste does work, but it's at the expense of your enamel. Um, So if you do it too often, you know, my brother has seen on a number of occasions, his patients come in and they said, what happened to my teeth? They're like wilting away. They're weak. They're soft. And that's because they've literally been sanding away at their enamel. And whitening isn't as extreme, but it does it in a similar way in that it's taking away something to expose the whiter surface underneath. What hydroxyapatite does is it's exactly the opposite. So you won't get Kim Kardashian white teeth, unfortunately. And that's if, if you want that, you'll have to use another product, but you will definitely get whiter teeth. But it's the opposite of what most whitening does, which is why you will, will not experience sensitivity. It'll be the opposite. If you have sensitive teeth, you'll actually notice that goes away because it's adding more of what your enamel is made of. Wow. You know, now you have me thinking uh, that you don't sleep. 
yeah, <laughs> because <that's right. laughs> you, you're so um, fervent and passionate about your work with Risewell, and you have a very demanding, you know, quote unquote, day job at Axon Capital as well. So, you know, how do you manage all of that? And you know, your toddler son Leo. Yeah. So I will be honest with everyone and say that I'm not perfect at any of those things. I try my best and I think that's all any of us can do. And I think, you know, any mother can relate to that is you try your best. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you're, you're not the perfect mother or wife or investor, but we're, we're all doing the best that we can. And, and certainly that's the case with me. I think that, you know, with, on the Risewell side, my husband is doing a lot of the heavy lifting there. And I certainly, um, you know, put in a lot of work on that side as well. And we're both extremely, extremely passionate about it as is my brother as well. And on the Axon side, where I've been working for almost a decade at this point, I have always been really passionate about investing in companies and more recently have really been able to invest in an even more mission-oriented way. Um, and we were connecting on the, the Hey Mama side. We were a lead investor there on the round of financing that they did last year. And we do early stage private investments. Um, and we also invest actively in the public markets. And I manage that portfolio alongside Dinekar Singh, who's the founder of the firm. Um, and he was a pre-IPO partner at Goldman Sachs. And he's an incredible person to work with. And it's been a really educational experience. And, and you know, every day you're always learning something new. And particularly given the extreme events that have happened over the last few weeks and months with everything on the, the public market side, it's been a really interesting time there, to say the least. And so it's really exciting for me to be able to use all the experience that I have on the investment side in understanding companies and what has worked and what hasn't worked and speaking with some of the smartest people truly in the world um, and at some of the best companies that, that people can think of and use that experience on the Risewell side and with a lot of the, the private investments that we're doing as well. And so both of those things, but while it is a lot to do both of them, I think that when you're passionate about, about something, it comes a bit easier. And then I will say like on the motherhood side, it takes a village. It, it truly does. I mean, I consider myself lucky. I mean, I have my parents living with me right now and they've been extremely supportive and I've got the most incredible nanny who is like a second mother to my son, Virginia. And so it doesn't come with just, you know, one person. I think it really takes a lot of people to try to be quasi successful at anything. And so I, I won't take all the credit. Yes. Tell us about a mom sense moment you had. I'm sure you've had many, but if there's one you want to pinpoint. So much of why this company started and, you know, our, our brand ethos is really, it all started because we were thinking of having kids and going down that path and really wanted a product that was safe enough for me, who's potentially going to be pregnant and for, you know, our future child who is now our son, Leo. And, you know, so much of what we do is making sure we're, we're creating products that are safe enough for the whole family. And really it's, it's kind of entwined in, in everything that we do. And so it's, it's hard to pin one, one exact moment, but really I think having sort of that, that mom hat on or the, the mom sense um, really it's everything that we do. We, we have to put that into perspective because we're, we're really, we're truly a, a family company at its core. Yes. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that you're so inherently relying on that mom sense. And like you said, it's, um, what gave rise to rise well. Let's not forget our quote of the day.
Is there a quote that you live by? One of my favorite quotes is the Michael Jordan one. Some people want it to happen. Some wish it would happen. Others make it happen. And that's truly, as you can tell, whether it's my trying to solve the problem with the the food I was eating and starting a recipe blog or, you know, with my husband starting um, Rise Well. I mean, we were very much a family of doers. And I think that that's, that's something that we all uh, very much live by. Yes. You have to like just show up. Yeah. It's now time for Mom Hall, when we share products we love. Okay, so Mom Hall is a fun segment where you share if there's any product that you're loving. It could be in any vertical, parenting, self-care, beauty, that you've found to be a game changer off late. My mouthwash is something I cannot go without. And we have a, have a lot of people that say that. So I'm obsessed with our mouthwash. Of some other products that I'm obsessed of as of late, I've always been like a big Dr. Broner's, the Castile mm. they use as body yes. wash. I love the peppermint flavored one. I just got this really cool product called Lettuce Grow, like lettuce that you eat grow. And it's this really cool, like vertical farm stand where you can grow your own basil and lettuce. And it's, it's super like plug and play. You just let it go. It's all hydroponic. And it's amazing. Cause I have like big heads of lettuce that are just growing outside. It takes up minimal space. It's a little bit expensive, but like, it's awesome. Especially, you know, now during this pandemic, yeah. we are trying to limit our grocery shopping and like we do curbside pickup for whatever it is that's essential. But yeah, if you can grow it in your backyard, you're definitely winning. Well, the cool part is, is you can put this, it's, it's, it's vertical. And so it has 36 holes where you can put all different pots and, you know, put lettuce or basil, whatever it is that you want to put in there, tomatoes, um, and you can put it inside or outside. um, But it's great. I mean, it's in a few weeks, you've got like big heads of lettuce. um, And it's all like, it's not something that you have to tend to the garden every second, because who do do any of us have enough time to actually be like in the garden for hours a day? Right, right. That is so cool. We will link that in the show notes. Where can my listeners find you? So besides all of the cool Risewell places, like risewell.com, which definitely check it out and get some toothpaste and floss and mouthwash and all that fun stuff for the whole family. Um, we're also on Instagram at risewell co. And then me personally, I'm the cocoa butter on Instagram. So, and then there's the other places like, uh, LinkedIn and, uh, Facebook, but you know, who uses those anymore? So (laughs) stick with Instagram. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much, Corey, for taking the time out. And for all of my listeners out there, um, I urge you to uh, give Risewell a try and you are going to love it. I'm just so excited to have had the opportunity to hear the backstory from you, Corey. Thank you. Thank you so much. I loved it. I hope my conversation with Corey Estrada of Risewell was enlightening for you. I definitely learned a lot. When I asked her how she came up with the name for the brand, she said she just wanted to get families to feel excited about waking up in the morning and brushing their teeth and not have it be, you know, this chore. So rising and waking up feeling well was the ethos that she was trying to create and the sentiment she was trying to create with uh, the brand name. She did send me um, many samples to try. And so I just want to give you my personal account. My family has been using other brands of organic toothpaste. And I personally, 
I don't like the flavor, you know, of the organic brands I was using. Some had neem, which is a plant and it's uh, often used in Indian um, cuisine. And then others had fennel. And though I love fennel or in Hindi, it's called sof. I drink fennel water all the time. It just didn't give me what I wanted as far as like that minty, fresh taste in my mouth from a toothpaste. Now, Risewell does that. They have a adult toothpaste um, in wild mint and, and a mouthwash in the same flavor. Oh my goodness, your teeth and your mouth feels so squeaky clean and fresh. You know, you want it to feel cooling and have that minty sensation, right? You get that with this brand and it's naturally whitening and effective. And like Corey explained, this ingredient HA, hydroxyapatite, is um, actually strengthening your tooth enamel um, with more tooth enamel. So I am all about it. And, you know, I think with the flavor, I'm like doubly sold. It's uh, it's exactly what I want from a toothpaste and mouthwash. Even the uh, scrubby floss that they have has a spearmint oil in it. So again, you get that minty fresh feeling. So I urge you to give it a try. I am a fan and I'm going to be using Risewell from here on out. Corey and her team have been so gracious and they have created a code for my listeners. It's MOMSENSE10, uh, where you receive 10% off your order. So try it and tell me what you think. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can read all about this and more on my Instagram. I'm on top of posting my guests, and that handle is at Kanika Chada Gupta. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel where I have even more content on parenting. And of course, my blog, that's totalmomsense.com. Remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas. Till next time. <laughs> that's total mom sense.